Hello and welcome back to Take 10 for Men, 10-minute conversations with inspiring men about how they manage their mental health. My name is Sophia Hatsis, I'm the host of the show, and today we have a very special guest in Jerome Dorosami. On the outside looking in, it seemed like Jerome was killing it. He was working as a lawyer, climbing the corporate ladder, and was experiencing great career success. But inside, the story looked very different. Jerome wasn't coping, and after experiencing a severe and prolonged bout of anxiety and depression, he sought treatment and changed his life. He's now a twice-published author with his first book, The Wellness Doctrines, offering tools and guidance for young lawyers and law students in managing their own mental health. He shares with me what his anxiety feels like, how he manages his mental health today, and how we can best support our loved ones through tough times. This is a great chat. I really hope you enjoy it. Please remember to like, comment, subscribe, and leave a review so that more people can find out about the podcast. But most importantly, enjoy the chat. Jerome, thank you so much for having a chat to me today. I so appreciate it. I am so thrilled to have you. Um, You've been a massive supporter of me and I'm a massive supporter of you, of course, as my friend and my mentor. I wanted to start this conversation and I start all of these conversations with the same thing. It's actually something that you taught me on Are You Okay Day is to rate how you're doing on a scale of one to 10. So if 10 is the best, best day of your life and one is the lowest of the low, whereabouts do you feel you fit on the spectrum right now? Right now, I'd probably say I'm an eight. I'm been able, better placed, I think, to see the silver linings um, in what's happening in my life right now. I had to cancel uh, a two-week holiday in the Northern Territory uh, with my girlfriend because obviously we can't leave the state. But at the same time, I wouldn't have been going on that holiday if I didn't have my girlfriend in my life. And I'm just really grateful for that. Um, so I'm in a, in a much better place now than I was a year ago, for example. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just kind of relishing that. Uh, so lockdown is unfortunate, but it's made a lot more tolerable as a result. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your anxiety because you have written extensively about it, spoken extensively about it. I mean, you wrote um, very intimately about it in your first book, The Wellness Doctrines. I know you're in a really good place right now, but I would love if you could just help people listening to this understand what anxiety feels like for you and can you kind of try to put us in your shoes when you're experiencing an anxiety or a panic attack and what that feels like? Sure so I I think some of the physical uh, reactions or manifestations of anxiety can differ from person to person but for me I get a a very heavy feeling in my chest, Um, my throat can close up, I might start sweating but, but I'm just not able to concentrate on anything other than what is making me anxious. Um, And, you know, that can go on for a few minutes, a few hours, a few days. And it's all consuming. And and it feels like, you know, nothing can ever allow you to pull yourself out of the hole in which uh, you've dug for yourself. And and that's incredibly difficult. Um, I don't have anxiety as often as I used to. Probably get it maybe once every six weeks on average, I would say, at the moment. And it's really important to continually try to find new and better ways to manage that anxiety. Because one thing I've discovered recently is that some of the strategies I would employ five years ago just aren't really that applicable anymore. Um, you've got to sort of constantly monitor you know, what your life circumstances are. 
um, in order to better combat that anxiety because, you know, I'm 33 now and, you know, what I was doing in my late 20s just doesn't really work anymore because I'm in a very different headspace and a very different physical space as well. Yeah, it, it's important to keep challenging yourself, to keep, you know, finding new and better ways to be healthy and happy because then if and when the dark times do come, you're going to be a much better place to deal with it. Yeah, I think when you talk about those acute periods of distress, um, when the darkness is, is overwhelming you or that anxiety of whatever it is you're feeling anxious about, sometimes it's rational, sometimes it's not. Can you tell me what helps you in those acute moments of distress to calm yourself down? Communication is is really important. So I'm very lucky that, you know, my parents live quite close by to me. So I'm able to call them or see them. Um, my girlfriend lives even closer. So I'm, I'm able to see and speak with her. Um, you know, I obviously have friends and I, I can call on them. It's really important to try to logically or intellectually understand why it is you might be feeling a certain way. And if you're able to rationalize what the situation is, it may help you appreciate that, the anxiety you're feeling is, if not unreasonable, but perhaps impractical and, and, and illogical. Um, and, and if you can recognize that, then it does become a bit easier to, to, to find your way out of. I, I also find that sometimes distraction is really good. So physical activity, you may, may be going for a run uh, or, or, or doing a gym session can be good because it's you have to focus on those activities when you're doing them, you can't half-ass it. Um, and, and so if you're putting yourself in a position where you have no choice but to focus on something else, then it becomes a little bit easier. And then you get to the end of that session and you might remember that you were anxious, but you'll also be very placed to deal with it um, if that does come back to the fore. I wanted to ask as well, because you have that acute episode of anxiety, which you and I have both experienced and so have hundreds and thousands of other Australians. But what we don't talk about as much and something that I would really love us to focus on is those prevention strategies. Um, so how do you now manage your mental health on a day-to-day -day basis? What are things that you put in place to make sure that you look after your mental health every day to almost prevent those acute episodes from happening? Well, I'm, I mean, there's all the things I used to do. So I'm, I'm very physically active. You know, I play mixed netball and indoor soccer. I go to F45 a couple of times a week, as you well know. Um, I, I read a lot of books. I try to finish a book a fortnight. Don't always get there, but I do try and listen to a lot of music and podcasts. I really enjoy cooking and baking um, and obviously spending time with the people I love. I'm going to do all of those things anyway. They're non-negotiables. But what I've discovered is that it's really important to find new activities as well so that you can constantly challenge yourself um, so for example in the midst of lockdown I don't think it's enough to just rely on the things that you've always done um, so I've gotten into Pilates in the last year and I, and I do that from the comfort of my living room and I found that to be really helpful uh, for neck pain it gives me something new to aim for you know new targets to set um, I've recently gotten back into piano, which I haven't pl played for about 16 years. Um, I, I find that if I'm constantly pushing those boundaries, um, then you know, I'm just so much more stimulated and motivated to get out of bed in the morning. Um, obviously, you can't do everything. So you've got to pick and choose um, and, and you've got to sort of temper your expectations of how much you can reasonably take on at any one time. But if you're able to find even just one new thing uh, while you're in lockdown, you know, while you know, the world around us is still pretty uh, turbulent, both physically and economically, um, then I think the better off we're all going to be. I was going to ask you 
on that note about lockdown because it is harder now for us to see our friends. We are in lockdown. Um, there are limitations on uh, how many people we can physically see and how that happens. Obviously, with the gym shutting, that's also another factor. Can you tell me now how you best support your mates in this climate? So obviously you should be keeping in regular touch, but I actually don't think that's quite enough. I, I think it's important for us to suggest activities that can be done in a group um, that people can have to look forward to. So in March of last year, I contacted a few of my old schoolmates, some of whom you know, um, to see if they wanted to set up a virtual book club. Um, and we've been running that ever since March 2020, and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll meet roughly every six weeks on Zoom um, to talk about books, um, you know, either ones that we've prescribed for the entire group or, or ones that we've been reading individually, and that's been a really good thing. If you're able to you know, f create those kinds of activities that are actually going to be fun and you know, give people something to look forward to, something they can enjoy, um, th then I think um, it, it's going to be a lot more tolerable for people to get through the day-to-day -day right now. This can obviously extend to so many other kinds of activities, like doing um, you know, virtual workouts, you know, which you and the other F45 coaches are running. You know, let's utilize the technology that's available to us um, and find new and better ways to you know, be social with each other. It doesn't just have to be a phone call or a text message. That's a really good point. And I think we're all learning how to adapt and friendships are going to be the same, but it's not an excuse to stop talking to our friends for sure. What is the best piece of advice that you've been given? I mean, it doesn't have to be mental health related, but the best piece of advice that you've ever been given that you might want to share with us today? I would say it's the, uh, and this is applicable for whatever profession you're in, but um, because I come from a legal background, um, I, I was told you're, you're a person first and a lawyer second. So you can apply that to any industry. You're, you're a teacher, you're an accountant, you're an engineer, whatever. You're a person first and everything else comes second. So if you're not healthy and happy, you're not going to be able to perform in, in other areas of your life. Uh, and, and so it's fundamentally important that you be proactive about looking after yourself and those around you so that you're able to then uh, perform in other areas of your life. And, and that's something that really guides me. Health and happiness is non-negotiable um, in the workplace uh, and in my personal life, because without that, I'm lost. To finish off, just because these chats are quite quick, so I wanted to end on a positive note and I wanted to ask you, what are you most grateful for? today? <sighs> I'm most grateful uh, for the fact that I've never given up, that every passing year since my 18-month bout of um, severe clinical anxiety and depression has been better than, than the year that preceded it. You know, I, I'm really proud of how I've been able to pull myself out of, out of the darkness uh, which I was in. You know, obviously I had a huge amount of help um, from family, friends. I'm just so excited about what comes next um, because if every passing year has been better, then I can't wait to see what comes tomorrow. Oh, Jerome, that's going to make me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> that's really beautiful. I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, I'm so proud that you have been able to like share your story and your vulnerability and it's just amazing like I I'm so glad that you're here and I'm so glad that you're still here and still fighting so um on that note that was really beautiful I don't feel like we can do anything else <laughs> oh thanks Steph. and I'm really pleased that you're doing this series I think it's really important and I'm you know stoked that you're taking the initiative with it I'll, I'll speak to you soon but thank you so much